0: Coming up, we're talking about the Cubs with their postseason chances slipping away quickly after getting swept by the Braves three games to nothing. We're also going to cover the big NBA trade with Dame Lillard going to the Bucks. So it's the sports life. We're talking sports. Let's go. Okay, so it's been a frustrating, uh, frustrating few games here. Knowing that we needed this series to really, we needed to get at least two of three to keep us in this wild card hunt, so our, our postseason chances are slipping away here. Katie and I are going to run through these games. We really had some chances here and just did not uh, did not deliver. So, nonetheless, this is our first pod putting out before school, before work. So we got the coffee going, and we are going to do our best here to uh, to give you guys some good information. So, game one. The Cubbies had a 7-6 loss. This was really tough because this is a series we're coming into. The Braves pretty much, they don't need to do anything here. The the Braves just needed to maybe win one of these games. Um, If they went 500 for their last five or six, the Braves were going to lock up home field. So this was not an important series for the Braves. We were not seeing their top pitching. Uh, We jump out to a 6-0 lead. The game's looking really good. And sure enough, uh, the wheels came off. They kind of chipped away at us. Some of my game notes here, we had Steele, Steele had a good outing, 5.1 innings pitched, six hits, three earned. Um, The bullpen again continues to be shaky. They put in 2.2 innings of work, two hits, two earned. So again, the bullpen's just, they've just been okay recently and some of the losses we have down there with our closer in Alzalea and our setup guy in Fulmer, it's really caught up to us here late in the season. So A big thing about this game, though, is that you start to realize you take some of those fundamental things for granted. One of those things being defense. Uh, Obviously, late in this game, uh, Suzuki missed a fly in the bottom of the eighth. Would have had us up one run Going uh, going into the ninth inning. It was one of those, oh, moments. And we were watching it live and just, oh, we just felt like you felt the season slip away in that one moment, which is so tough to see that happen to Suzuki because he's been so great for us. He was even great in this game. Uh, Gomes was awesome in this game. Gomes just continues to deliver for the Cubs. So, a lot of good things happened, but again, you had that you had that defensive thing. You also had PCA, you put this guy in For base running, he comes into a game, he gets thrown out at third base on a first and third maneuver where the catcher fakes the throw (laughs) down to second, and he gets picked off at third. I mean, these are things that you coach in Little League to not happen. So, very frustrating there. To me, that play was actually more frustrating than the Suzuki error, even though the Suzuki error was more shocking. Because, again, you got Suzuki up, you got first and third. You're going to have guys on second and third, basically, with the steal, and this guy gets thrown out at third base when he's in there to run the bases. So, again, that's my; those are my notes on game one. Just, again, we took our, our defensive skill for granted. It came back to bite us here. We didn't have our defense for a chunk of this series. And then those little mental errors just ended up to to take us down. Caden, the, the game one loss, blowing the 6-0 lead, what do you got on it?
1: Yeah, it was uh, really tough, you know. I mean, when you're talking about a game, you got to win. You know, we yeah, we scored – we were up six to nothing, but we only scored six runs that game. And when we score six runs in only one chunk of time, you know, you got to consistently add on, especially when you're versus this team. I mean, they got to know when you're versus this team. Like the Colorado Rockies, where you can score three runs and try to win the game. Or you try to score, yeah, six runs, you're happy, but you got to make sure to really – keep the gas on. Um, you know, but it was I feel like our offense was good. Like I said, it kinda died down though. I feel like we put up some good at bats. Um you know, our bottom of the order continues to hit extremely well. You know, Bellinger, he kinda got moved down. Well he was he was in the middle of the order. Um he had three hits, Suzuki had two hits, Gomes and Miles Macriboni. Master Boney. Master continues to hit well. I mean, those two guys they, in an 8-9 hole, they continued to come through. Uh, but I feel like was a lot of good at-bats, a lot of good pieces of hitting, and a lot of really nice job uh, going out and coming out and getting a 6-0 lead. But, you know, it just seemed like it just everything collapsed. You know, our offense was dead um, in the later innings. And then, looking at our pitching, a really good outing there. I feel like it was a solid outing for Justin Steele, but the Braves really got to him um his last inning and you can see the frustration on his face when he left and i feel like klaus he's been one of our best pitchers i mean he comes in yeah he gives up a double but he does a really nice job uh you know limiting mean the damage then Assad gives up a homer to a and then smiley does all he can i know he got into a bit of trouble but he creates a good pitch suzuki drops it he did all he can but like I said, in those those later innings, not just this game, but throughout the series, it was to the Braves. Um, they did a really nice job chipping away, and when they when they were down, you know we still had a chance. But our offense were, was silent the uh, second half of the game. We could have just flipped the switch like that when we needed.
0: Yeah, jump into the jump into the game two loss. Again, another another frustrating game here in a six five loss, and. We had some sloppy play here. Um, My notes here, we had an easy turn two where Horner overthrew uh, Dansby at second. And it's moments like that where you can just feel, like I said, these things that that we have been really good at all year. And it's all about putting all these pieces together where you have some timely hitting. You have your starting pitching delivering. You, You deliver it over to a bullpen that has a bit of a setup system in place. All these things that we had in place Prior to going on this disastrous run here, I think we dropped 13 of our last 19 games. Um, game 2 was just another case of, of, of trouble. I mean, um, starting pitching, really good in this game. Uh, Tail, six innings, three hits, two earned. Um, and then the bullpen got touched up. I mean, they go 3.1 because it went into went into extras. They gave up six hits and three earned. I mean, the bullpen has just not been able to get it done. And we had that system going where we were able to get to a lighter, a Meriwether, and then you would deliver it to Fulmer for the eighth, Asley in the ninth. I talked about how important that was over those early pods when we first got this show started and we lost that ability and our bullpen has just absolutely not been able to get the job done here in these, uh, in these final games with the Braves and smiley has been really good. I got to give it to him because I was hard on Smiley early in the pod. He He's doing everything right now that I said he wasn't doing when I first kind of was was hard on him. I, he had a play where a ball got hit to pull the first baseman off and he really had to hustle over to first to cover. He has gotten big outs and big moments. He's the guy that got the pop out to Suzuki when he missed it in game one. He also put in really good work in game two. I mean, so he's been he's been really good in game two. Belly and Hap had a couple hits. Not a lot to talk about here. I mean, again, we just we're not getting it done. I think that the the key thing in this game, um, the most exciting thing that happened really was Acuna. Honestly, he was he's the first guy to get to 4070, and you were able to see his impact on the game, particularly in game two where you see him get a single. You see him take second base. You see see him get himself into scoring position. And you can just see how valuable it is to have a guy like that. We're going to talk regular season awards on the next pod, I believe, because I think that's going to close out the regular season. And this guy's my MVP. Not
1: exactly, because I just heard. So it's in the ninth inning right now in the Marlins-Mets game, and they're going to make it up on Monday. So I can really determine our season right there.
0: It could I mean yeah the Marlins the Marlins right now are up a half game on us. If they finish off this game against the Mets, that's gonna put them up a full game and they have the tiebreaker on us. So we're essentially down two games with three games to go. The Cubs are on life support here. We're facing the Brewers to close it out. We should be able to take a couple of those games. The Marlins I think have the Pirates. We're going to need some luck here, and you never want to be in a spot where you back your way into the postseason. Um, But again, I think that what we saw here in this series is we saw a team that's better than us. We saw a team that even without all their pieces working, without having their best starting pitching out in front of us, just the way that offense continues to deliver, when they get down, they continue to chip away. You never feel like you're safe with a lead. That's who the Braves are. They have to be the favorite to win the World Series this year. The offense is just unbelievable, and you're looking at these guys one after the other. After you get Azunia, they don't even talk about him. This guy's pushing 40 homers. He's got almost 100 RBIs, and he's an afterthought on this team. It was just, you know, it's it's almost hard to watch where you're going, we're not there yet. We're not there. Um, it's been an amazing year. I was hoping, very hopeful saying, hey, if we can if we sneak our way into a wild card, we got the starting pitching to get hot, make it out of a wild card series, and that was probably going to be the best we could do this year. But, again, it's hard to run into a team like this and see what they have and and see the differences and, and really highlight our own deficiencies. Caden, did you want to add anything about the, the game two loss, the 6-5 loss?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, tough game. I mean, I feel like we did a nice job. Tyone was great. I mean, we wasted two really nice outings by Steele and Tyone. We did a really nice job keeping the ball in the ballpark. I know I always hit a homer with the nose one nothing Braves, but we, our offense did a nice job bouncing back to make it 2-1, no, 3-1 with homers from Talkman and Hap. But he did a really nice job adjusting, going off six innings, two and in runs, um, and only one walk. He didn't see a lot of swings and misses. He also didn't give a lot of free passes, so I felt like it was a really nice outing. Our offense just didn't do enough. You know, I felt like it was a nice back-and-forth game. But they gotta understand the importance of insurance. Yeah, you score one run in the ninth but you got runners at the corners with one out in the ninth, and yeah, you scored one, but you gotta score more, especially when you get the top of the order. You gotta know the importance and especially extra So I feel like it was a good back and forth game, um, just not enough offense, and our pitching going not get done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then I'll jump to game three real quick—a five-three loss. I was not watching this one live. I was checking the score, and it's that time of year where even when I was out, occasionally I had to look at the phone just to see what was going on with the Marlins, to see what was going on with the Cubs, because we're up against it. We're in that last stretch of the season. You got the wild card playoffs coming up keeping an eye on all these different teams and what they're doing and everybody that's in the mix. And right away, I see the Cubbies down and just kind of put the phone away and, and checked it every 45 minutes or so just to see where things stood. Uh, saw that Stroman got out there, put in a couple innings, two earned. Sod came in after him. It seems like that was a system he tried the last couple starts where he comboed a, a sod and Stroman. I, I didn't really like that necessarily because – Asad's been phenomenal starting games, and to to do this combo move with Stroman, I don't know if that's the best use of Assad at this point in the season. But again, not a lot to talk about here. I mean, Suzuki picked up a few hits. He's, I mean, you can't say enough about that guy and the way he's been since since the beginning of August. Um, in terms of the Braves again, Olsen clubs his 54th homer, 136 RBI. Guy's not even really being talked about for MVP. That really shows the types of seasons that Acuna and Mookie have had um again we just we just didn't have enough against these guys and it's it's disappointing it's a tough loss and uh, I'll tell you what I get I get two calls and I get two calls from the family last night and one's Grandpa Koval and he makes it real simple Cubs stink, Sox stink, Bears stink, Chicago stinks. That's all I get. That's all I get from Grandpa Colville. So, again, he's not too happy about Chicago sports. I didn't even mention the Bulls, who they don't look like they're going to be doing a whole lot this year. And then I get a a voicemail from Uncle Clint, and I'm thinking, oh, no, I got to listen to somebody else down on the Cubs. And all Uncle Clint says is, David Montgomery. Three touchdowns. I told Caden he's the next Jamal Williams this year. And he's going. <laughs> so he got, Uncle Click goes into a little fantasy rip on my uh, on my voicemail. So that was, that kind of put a smile on my face. That was good. But again, the, the Cubbies get swept by the Braves. And likely put them in a spot where they're not going to make the postseason. They they're going to have to back in one way or another. Now we're dependent on another team losing, not just not just our own performance. So, Kaden, any notes on on that third and final game?
1: Yeah, the oh the birds just jumped on us. I'm looking in six through nine. They were 0 for 12. Swanson, Candelario, Gomes, and Master Boney, They were 0 for 12. And I've been telling them points of a bottom of the order, and they did absolutely nothing. Um, just like, I feel like three people had big days. It was Suzuki, he had three hits. Horner had two hits. And Bellinger had one hit. That was basically it. That was our offense. I feel like that we did a nice job getting back into the game a little bit. Uh, we had, I think it was the seventh and eighth inning. We had runners on base. We only got one run in those in those innings. It was to say it Suzuki hit. But we just didn't get anything going. The Braves, every time we had a little momentum, they got a big play, a big double play ball, a big strikeout. And we just couldn't turn that corner where we had that really, really big play to get out in front. And like like I said, when we did, the Braves are always finding a way to bounce back very quickly. Uh, but the Braves just jumped on us. I mean, Strowman's just really not having it, leaving a lot of pitches over the middle of the play, not being smart. Um, and just not being able to get record big outs. Asad comes in, he does all right. I mean, pitches two innings. Luke Little comes in, pitches one in uh, two-thirds. He does all right. And then with Snecky, I feel like it was really positive to see with Snecky. I know if we make the playoffs, I don't think with Snecky's going to be a big guy. But I, I really feel like if this guy works on his game, him and Daniel Palencia, if they work on their games, I feel like they're going to be really, really good next year and really help us. But just not enough offense. Our pitching, I feel like they good keep us in the game. But, it, you know, it's just about the Braves just overwhelming us, and I feel like after those first two games, or the first the first two games were just really, I mean, we, we, the Cubs offense, this Cubs team knows we have to win those games, and after that, I just feel like there was no energy in the dugout, you saw no one celebrating, well, like, yeah, they were high-fiving, no one was, like, bringing energy. I know what you mean. It
0: it feels like the air got taken out of us in those first two. When you lose a couple close ones like that, you know you're pushing for the postseason and you don't get it done in those games. It is hard. It is hard to bring that same energy. So, hey, I'm going to let you go up and grab breakfast because I know i got to get you off to school. I'm going to run this NBA thing on my own for this final set. Thanks for contributing here. we got one more regular season season series left, and then we'll – Hopefully, we'll have a little bit more Cubs talk, and then we'll be heading over to NFL, NBA type stuff. So, Caden, we'll talk to you in a bit. We're moving on. All right. So, I want to talk about this splash trade, Dame Lillard going to the Bucks. This is a pretty big NBA story. This is a trade here that's really going to affect the whole NBA season. So, for our NBA fans out there, everybody knows Dame wanted to go to Miami. And at the end of the day, I thought this was great, that Portland kind of stood up and said, we're not just going to give him exactly what he wants. He had a long stretch in Portland. Dame's a phenomenal player. But again, you can't let these NBA guys control everything. We've seen way too much of it. It's actually turned a lot of fans away from the game with the way Harden's been acting. You got Durant, who, you know, signs on with teams and then decides he doesn't want to play there anymore when he realizes he's not able to get it done and get the team where it needs to be. You got a lot of these types of things happening. But this trade's exciting. I mean, this is going to put Milwaukee as, as the favorites in the East. I believe they are ready. In Vegas became the favorites to win it this year. Um, they lost Holiday, which is which is tough for Milwaukee. Um, that's he's a top perimeter defender. He's a really good player. And an interesting thing about the Holiday move is that Portland's probably not going to keep him. You're going to see him move again, and wherever he goes could be a major move for somebody for example if somebody like boston was able to pick him up that would maybe catapult boston over milwaukee in the east um, he's that type of player drew holiday is but to give you the, the the quick overview on this trade it was a three-teamer which we knew all along this was going to have to be a three-team deal portland ended up getting drew holiday deandre ayton from the suns tomorrow tomorrow and an unprotected 29 first round pick from the Bucks. The Suns picked up Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. So they got some needed depth as the Suns were, with the money being spent there and the players they're bringing in, they needed to uh, continue to add some depth. So that's a pretty good move for the Suns as well. But the big deal here is, is pairing Giannis with Dame. You've never really seen Giannis have that other superstar with him. He's had guys like Middleton and Holiday who have been really nice contributors. He's even won a title with those guys. But Dame Lillard, I mean, Dame Lillard is a top player. He's still only 33. I mean, let's break this guy down a little bit. He's going to break the 20,000-point mark this season, likely. And this is a guy that's made almost 2,400 threes in his career. He's sixth all-time. I think if Steph Curry's not doing what he's doing in today's NBA, Dame Lillard is a guy that you're looking at as being one of the best shooters of all time. I mean, just a phenomenal... Uh, outside threat. He's a guy that can pull up from the logo. But again, what Steph's done to the game, shooting 40% from three, breaking the all-time three points, three-pointers points, 3 made record last season. I mean, it, it takes a little bit away uh, from a guy like Dame and what he's been able to do. Let me give you Dame's 22-23 stats. I, they kind of blew me away when I checked them out. 32 a game, seven assists, uh, just under five rebounds. I mean, think about that season. Understandably on a, an underwhelming team there in Portland, but again, you're talking about a guy that you pair with Giannis. I mean, even Dame's career, he's 25 a game, just under seven assists, four rebounds. Um, he's 33 years old. He's still in a really uh, you know, good point in his career where he should be able to give you two or three really solid years when you pair him up with Giannis. Now, this is going to be very interesting. So this is pretty cool. I'm a, I'm a big Dame fan. I think that I think that um, it's going to be an exciting brand of basketball watching him there in Milwaukee. It's sad because going back to, to Grandpa Koval's message about Chicago teams, the Bulls are really not in the conversation again. Uh, we're in such a great sports market here in Chicago and to have to go uh, year after year and, and just not have contenders and all these different teams in sports is tough but it is what it is and you know putting putting Dame with a guy like Giannis last year Giannis was 31 11 and 6 Giannis is a double double for his career averaging basically 23 24 a game for his career um, this is going to be this is going to be pretty cool to have that team in Milwaukee it's going to keep Giannis there um, and you know one of the things that stood out to me about this move and it's the the thing that I'll leave you with is even though these superstars are starting to pair together and this has been going on for many years when it happens, I like to see it where the superstar still needs to perform at his highest level. And my example is, right here, Dame and Giannis, this is a great combo, but they're still going to have to play at the top of their game to win a title. So I'm in favor of those type of trades. Where I'm, The trades I'm not in favor of are the deals where you see a guy like KD go to a 73-9 Warriors team that basically had um, KD and... The, uh, the Thunder that year had that team on the ropes. They had them down 3-1. They weren't able to get past them, and then KD jumps ship and goes over to the team that he wasn't able to get past, and it was like guaranteed titles for that team. I don't think we've ever seen an instance in NBA history where you put basically uh, four Hall of Famers on the same team, and you basically say, okay, we, we know these guys are going to win the title. I thought that was really bad for basketball, but when you start to pair together just a couple of superstars that still need to be at the top of their game. I mean, people used to criticize uh, LeBron when he went to Miami and had Bosh and Wade there, but if you look at what LeBron needed to do on those teams, he needed to be LeBron James. He needed to be the best player in the league on those teams to get those teams to a title. In his first year in 20, I believe it was 11 when they weren't able to get past the Mavericks, LeBron was not good and they didn't win, and people forget that. People only criticize him for that, when really, when you think about it, why criticize LeBron for that when it just showed that this move to Miami was not a cop-out? It wasn't a move that made it so that no matter what LeBron did, his team was going to win. LeBron had to perform at the top of his game, which he did for the next few seasons in Miami, of which they pulled a couple titles out of that. So as opposed to, you look over at the Warriors... KD could have an off night. He can have two off nights. Steph and Clay, Draymond, pick him up. Steph could have an off night. KD pick him up. Like that. When you have when you have it like that, your superstars don't need to perform like superstars. They can have off games and they can still, and they can still get it done and still win and they can still win titles. They can still win big games. So I'll get more into the NBA as that season comes upon us. Um, we will talk. You know, big moments if trades come up, things like that. Otherwise. Once this MLB season closes out, we're going to jump heavier into the NFL and always have fantasy talk and bring in guests and things like that. So to close this thing out, Dame Giannis, I think they're going to be tough. I think they can make a push. I think you're going to see them uh, as title contenders this year. So thank you so much. That's what I'm closing out with for this pod. Remember to like us, follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your pods. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day.